Welcome back, everybody, for another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. Please sit quietly while we bring to you the most amazing podcast dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. That's right. Please sit. I'm Dave. Listen and enjoy. I'm Jeff. And the uh, shot glasses are all gone. Yeah, how about that? Went so through those don't like, ask. We went through those like shot glasses. And... Um, I've got one here for Rich still. I got to give that to him. What have you been reading lately? Oh, what have I been reading lately? Nothing. Well, you've been busy. You when I when we <laughs> it was very interesting because I like books. I I have a, a maybe not a strange uh, affection for books, but I really like books. I don't get a lot of them read, but I do like to buy them and have them and hold them and look at them and pick them up and think about them. So when we were packing for Italy, you know, we were packing, packing to be gone for a month. We could only pack 50 pounds. A bag has to weigh 50 pounds. So you got to be pretty careful what you're packing. So I probably spent three or four days thinking, what books to bring? Which books should I bring? They have to be representative of my mood at the time. So, do, you know, do I want something that's Italian historical? Do I want something philosophical? Should I read some science fiction? Should I bring something World War II related, and then it has to be the right size, the right shape to fit in the suitcase. Can I carry it in a pocket? You know, will I, will I be, would I be willing to throw it out if I have to make room for souvenirs? Should I just bring electronic books, in which case I could pack 5,000, but do I, do I, you know, wouldn't I rather read paper? So I went through all these maniacal machinations and finally made a few selections and went to Italy and barely read. I mean, barely <laughs> anything read at all. Anything. <laughs> yeah, you imagine you'll have all this time. Oh, I did. Oh my God, I had, I had these images of me sitting in a cafe drinking an espresso and reading my book and mm-hmm. chatting gaily with the uh, locals. The locals and none of that really happened. Well, we did chat gaily with the locals, but. Um, not much reading done. I did take a science fiction book that I'd been reading to read for a long, meaning to read, called Hyperion. I mostly read it on the plane. I decided to let it go on the before we came home because I was out of room in my suitcase. So there, I'm about fifty pages from the end of that, and I'll I'll read it electronically. So, so I'm sort of between things right now. Okay. How about you? I had uh, Mike Rizzi came back from that book library book sale. That oh, he yeah. helps running yeah. here in Arlington mm-hmm. Heights, and gave me the letters of Tolkien, the letters of J.R. Tolkien. Tolkien. Okay, and you know, I was kind of like, oh, that'd be good, but I, you know, I also still haven't read the Silmarillion. I'd probably enjoy that more. I can't tell you how much I am enjoying the letters. Really, of Tolkien, just great stuff. There oh. is his World War One stuff early on. His, of course, his writing style is fascinating to read, talking about meeting with C.S. Lewis. Then, if you love the books, he's talking about the development of the storyline. and oh, Strider, Lord of the Rings? Yeah, so really? he'll be writing to his son, Christopher, a lot of them. Yeah. And Christopher was his typesetter, I guess, and proofreader, and Who Lewis would do that, too. just passed away recently. He, oh, you're right, he did. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he talks about, um, like, Tr- Strider's original name was Trotter. You know, no. Trot, yes, trotting along Trotter. 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 And he talks about, like, Frodo and Sam, and then he, where he says, I'm getting stuck. And then he says, I have to go back in different letters, you know, and rewrite parts of all these chapters because the timeline's not working anymore because now Sam and Frodo spent more time in the swamp with Gollum than originally planned. Mm-hmm. So he has to go back and change all the timelines. Oh. And that's the kind of care he put into this thing. Yeah. And amazing. So just fascinating to read. Him publishing, talks about his artwork. Well, I have these drawings. And then do they go in this version? That And one letter was when the Germans wrote him in 38, 1938, said, you want to, we want to publish your books in German. We need you to verify you have no Jewish blood. Wow. And his response is brilliant and bold and clever. And he basically makes several points. I, you know, I should have brought it to read it. But, well, first, I'm not quite sure he says why having any Jewish blood would 
to have any bearing on a person's ability to write. <laughs> but, you know, also, blah, blah. You are correct. My Tolkien name is German, but I consider myself British and makes some reference, I forget, to like the upcoming conflicts, but, and, you know, very British. But he loves his German name. And, hmm. you know, um, going back in his ancestry, you know, he can't, assumes there's no Jewish blood from what he knows, but who knows these things? And then he says, um, and if this is the direction Germany seems to be going, kind of the way it is, you know, I'm not so sure I'll be so proud of my German name anymore. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty bold. Yeah, that's And really I don't good. know the response if he they didn't want to publish his books because yeah. he was being a little smarty mouth. But <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, that's really good. And that but, Tolkien has the smarty mouse. We are not publishing his Hobbit. And he talks about how the the sequel, The Rings, keeps being more mature writing. And it's like, oh, it's no, I, I fear, I fear it's no longer more of a child's tale. And then today I read a letter where he quoted a letter to Christopher, who's now in World War II. So they're talking about World War II. He's got some wonderful Christian perspective letters in there too. That you know, for me, it's all the things that I. Uh, really enjoy reading about. And uh, this letter from this American kid was like, Dear Mr. Tolkien, uh, I'm, you know, a 12-year-old boy. I just read The Hobbit for the 11th time. And I just want to say, gee whiz, that's, <laughs> this is one of the best books I've ever read. And I'm wondering if you have more books like this that I could read. And uh, so he's Tolkien's quoting the letter and the letter to his son. <laughs> he, he says, it's, Kind of comforting to know that American boys still say "gee whiz." Yeah. <laughs> so that's the kind of variety, and I'm reading the footnotes pretty avidly too. Really, and he's got quotes in there that are old English, or you know, or Saxon, you know. Yeah. And I'm just loving going to the translation in the footnote. Oh, I know. I see what that says. You know, like father. The, like son and it's in the saxon or whatever his languages he used to write you know yeah. it's just brilliant yeah so really enjoying it thanks mike rizzi for that i would uh, i might like to try that when you're done with that cause... i will pass it on yeah i'm gonna xerox i think the letter yeah for the germans we could tie it in in our language arts classes yeah. in school with yeah. the current events and how you can go about insulting people in a clever yeah way an honest way yes you know he's not trying to be right and he's not just out and out mean or no he's just saying yeah vile or anything but he's he's not being cowardly yeah yeah and he talks about his own tendency to be a dreamer and all the schoolwork getting in the way of his work of writing so again i'm relating to that had to grade all the papers you know the term was up and uh yeah just super i wish i was smarter me too all my I, friends are smarter than me. You know, I've been saying that now forever. I just wish, wish I knew what all that's, you know, I wish I could remember stuff. I read yeah. stuff and I think I understand this and wow, it would really be smart if I remembered that. And the problem is I can't remember stuff. So does that count as you're smart? I don't think uh, so. No. If you can't recall I, it I, and <laughs> use it in a conversation, then it kind of doesn't count. I read some really interesting stuff the other day and I thought, yeah, I'm, that's that's going to be gone it, it, it before you know it. It helps teach it. it. It would help to teach it and or repeat to talk to it. somebody. Yeah. So Laura will, taking her classes in Christian counseling, she will repeat to me lots of things ah, over that's and over good. To, to get it in. And, of course, when I was teaching things, once I added a story in or uh, something I saw on a TV show or read in a book about the war, I, I, then now I can repeat all these stories. Yeah. You know. I do try but, to do that with Robin. I'll read something. And I'll try to tell her about it. Yeah. And then it sticks a little bit. I was telling her this morning about honeybees and the scientists coming up with, because honeybees are sort of disappearing because of of various factors, not the the least of which is some uh, disease they have going through them and also some uh, parasites that get into their guts. And so there's a scientific effort to modify their gut biome Oh. They're actually gut biome of these bees to make them resilient, more resilient to the ticks and the, these microscopic ticks and the, and this disease they get. And it was quite fascinating. And I talked to her about it a little bit, and hopefully it'll stick in my head. Yeah. Like a, like a bee stinger. And now you've repeated it again. Yes. 
stick in my head. And that's what helped me remember that those three points in the Tolkien letter. Because I told my coworkers and I told my daughter and wife, and now I'm telling you. Yeah. So now we saw in nineteen seventeen, we didn't really talk about it much, and it won a few Academy Awards last night. I don't know if you watched the Academy Awards. No. But uh, do you want to talk about that papers. for a minute? Sure. Yeah. How did, how did you... I liked it a lot. It, yeah. It, it, Mike was correct in prepping us, saying it's not a historical epic like Midway. I noticed one of our listeners recently recently wrote us. I thought we'd read it next time we do letters. Yeah. Probably next Yeah, we show. could save it for that. For that. But uh, his opinion on, on Midway. Yeah. Um, but it is an adventure story of In the Trenches. Yes. Right? Based on a true story. Yes. Uh, seemed graphically accurate. Yes. To what I've seen about the trench warfare and, uh, yeah. It's really the first World War One movie I've ever seen. I mean, I don't know how many that you've seen. You've seen Paths of Glory, maybe? No. no? Yeah, you're right. Not a lot. Uh, With Kirk Sergeant Douglas. Sergeant York. just passed away. Good Douglas. Kirk Douglas. Thank Kirk Douglas. My uh, name is Spartacus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sergeant York. All quiet on the Western oh, Front. Oh, yeah, Sergeant York, right. Nothing like this, though. I mean, it really showed what it was like to be in those trenches, which was extraordinary, I thought. Yeah, and kids need to watch this stuff. Yeah. Get off YouTube. Stop watching. Charlie bit my finger. Yeah. Um, Crazy. The anyway. Witcher is something I knew I did on Netflix. Oh, you did? Yeah. It's, yeah. You'd like it better than the first Game of episode. Thrones because not all the characters die that you like. Ah, that's good. Um, you have to skip the sex scenes and it's, uh, why do they use the F word? And I don't want to just be a prude, but to me, that takes me out of the fantasy world. Yeah, me too. And throws me right back into street, being on the street in America. So I think my friend Rick said they use a different word in the book. Is there a book? I thought it was originally based on a video game. It was my my thinking. No, no, there's books. Oh, okay. I was looking into buying them. I wanted to see if Mike Rizzi has them in his extensive library, and I could borrow his. Yeah. But I don't know why they... I um, I don't like the swearing. I just don't. They're based on two uh, tales, old Polish uh, horror tales. Oh, okay. Fairy tales. I didn't know that. So, um, yeah, just the app. Like, you know, what the F, Jeff? Why are they... But yeah, it just takes me right back out. And of it doesn't it. seem fitting for, no, that, for that old say stuff. like make up a word. Yeah, we'll all know what yeah. they're saying, right? You know. But anyway, but I like to. I love the monsters. You didn't uh, particularly get into it. But we watched the first episode, and that's and then we kind of lost. We didn't. It didn't draw us back. I, well, it was it. unclear. We'll started again. The first episode point. was tricky to follow. Uh, I thought. Did you think so? Like, I can't even decide what books to take with me to. I I thought it was confusing, and a lady at work said her husband read the book, so he understood it better. By the time I got into the episode five, six, seven, great monsters. Okay. Great (laughs) monsters. that's something. It is, and that's what was missing in Game of Thrones. You had dragons. Otherwise, you just had a medieval film. Right. But not as much fantasy. Yeah, there's this great vampire undead girl that's just the, the the way the vampires is different you know there's and there some of them are monsters you find in your D manuals and mm. you know from the the big eyeball Polish, thing they the got scr- the big eyeball thing no not the beholder oh. I know, nothing like a good eyeball thing but anyway let's talk about What's in the box? the box? What time are we at anyway on the show? We want to wrap this up in 40 minutes. And yeah, we talked add a too Korean long. Thing. We talked too long. Oh. And I didn't get to tell you what I thought of 1917. But oh, that's all right. No, you didn't you, ask. You go do that now. No, I, no I gotta, you didn't ask. No, I got to no, take this out. It's too late. I'm, no, go. No, you wrecked it. No, you wrecked go. it. You, no, you said a little, but go. It was good. Go more. It was really Why? good. Why? Why was it good? <laughs> No, I did think it was good, and and I wasn't expecting it to be uh, historically like an accurate historical history of events, showing the generals. I, and... Yeah, I could tell more that it was going to be more of a personal story kind of a movie, which it definitely was. The my um, I thought it was outstanding in just about every respect. I was amazed by the cinematography. It, amazing, yes. I thought the music was great. The acting was really good. Lighting was cool. The lighting was cool. The sound effects were 
We both jumped several times. I, yeah, I forgot. You're yeah. right. I did physically jump. Um, so that was all great. It was really immersive. I don't remember getting pulled out of the film, except for when you jumped and I jumped. <laughs> uh, so really excellent in a lot of ways. The if I were to have any criticism of it, I just thought it kind of, it kind of was like the perils of Pauline, where he got out of one such. <laughs> Situation, and then, and then he got another. into another situation. He got out of that, and then he got into another situation, and that got to be a little not tedious. Just it just got to be a little unbelievable. Um, but the end and everything I thought was really good. There were some really surprising things uh, in the middle that, well, surprised me, and uh, I recommend it highly to anybody that hasn't seen it. I'd say go see nineteen seventeen if you can. Support your local theater. And so, what's in the box, Dave? What's in the box? We is get Dave bought something. The Battle of Konigsberg. I could tell yes, you bought something I, when you I, walked in because you were all giddy. I went ahead and <laughs> paid some money to Ritter Krieg. <laughs> yeah. This show is brought to you by Ritter, Ritter Krieg. Krieg. Uh, go there, order your ASL products. They have lots of different products, and they still got a little free shipping thing going. But again, don't order something small, but oh. do support Derek Ritter at Ritter Krieg. And um, he had sent some product we had put on eBay to raise some funds. And <clears throat> I went ahead and ordered this one. The Battle of Kernisberg. Very well Kernisberg. said. Kernisberg. This was the East Off, um, Prussian Offensive planned by Stavka, Soviet Supreme Headquarters, to flank attacks on the armies rushing toward Berlin. So... This is taking place in the upper part by Lithuania. There's a map inside of the cover. There is. <clears throat> what army groups are there? Can you tell the squares? Uh, army group center. That's the uh, yeah. Germans under Reinhardt. Yes. And the Russians attacking the first Baltic front. Third Belarusian front. Second Belarusian, Second Belarusian front. front. Yep. And Army Group A for the Germans. And um, the encirclement going on here. And there's this history. So you got the cover and the so inside? These, right on the, uh, the coast of the Baltic. Is that where we are here? Uh, looks like. Must be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lithuania. And did we mention this is from Lone Canuck? Through Poland. No, this is Lone Canuck. They are not proud sponsors of our show. They are not. I had to buy this. Yeah. So they should send us lots of products. We can get <laughs> talking up here. Uh, they should, because they make, they should support us, because they make very good products, and we like talking about them, and we have talked about them a number of times in the past, and I had a really good interview with them one time. Yes. Though and, somebody on Game Squad said, eh, your interviews are boring, you just keep talking about Santa. <laughs> eh, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Did someone? But do I hold a grudge? No. Did someone Yeah, they really? did. The They're interviews, like, oh, that's the yeah, good part. They, yeah, they said, oh, yeah, I really thought the interview was kind of dull. And I thought, well, you'd rather just sit here on Game Squad and type your pithy arguments <laughs> to ridiculous questions. So you do that and we'll do this. And I'm, I thought the interviews were like the only thing that's good about yeah, our job. I thought there was something good about it. I don't know why I'm feeling a little, a little prickly about it right at the moment. Red Bear's Revenge. years ago. You have counters too there, don't you? I'll try to get over it. You're it trying was, to get me over it, it aren't you? years ago, yeah. Because it's not us. Get over it, we Jeff. We don't care. You don't no, care. No, we don't care. No, I don't care. We know who we are. No, that's right. What's the question? What you got on those counters, oh, man? Oh, I got all kinds of AFVs here, and I put on my magnifying glasses. I wish I had some. Um, yes, AFVs. Yes, big. Can I read the designations on them? No, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. Are they in color? Well, yeah, they're Russian colored. These are all Russian colored AFVs, some with slow traverse, some with Fast traverse, some with no turrets. I like the big 122-millimeter-long uh, guns on some of these, which are... And 152s. Yeah, baby. 
No turrets on those. You can't be turreting a 152 millimeter gun. No, it's big. It's too big. That'll leave a mark. Get hit with one of those. Anyway, there's a couple of do few dozen uh, AFVs on here. Some very nice looking bombers and some fighters. All in living color. Yes. Mortars, 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 mortars. Many mortars. AT guns, infantry guns, and then uh, some German, a few German vehicles on here too. And I, I'm sorry, Dave, I cannot read these. It's a half sheet. Well, I can take a look yeah. at them. I also have the, uh, the half inch full sheet counters, which cover, it looks like, I don't, this symbol, should I know this symbol on these German, I mean, who needs more German counters? Well, these are three, we three, do, we do. these are three, three sixes. And oh, they are interesting. They have the symbol of the. I think that's the um, Volkssturm. Oh, the people's the sixty-year-old, twelve-year-old. Yeah, year old yeah kids. I was going to say. Yeah, we haven't seen those. I don't think we've seen counters for that, have we? No, not with that symbol particularly. Yeah. So you could use conscripts normally, yes, and then right. there's a, a right, set right. that have the HJ on them, and then a set of SS with a nice logo, some elite eight three eights. Uh, assault engineers with the raised uh, smoke exponent on the counter of five, and DCs. Nice. All the half squads. Nice. Great series of leaders with for the SS. So, but they're they're green. I mean, they're gray, they're blue. Uh, they're not the uh, black counters. Some crew two two eights with some great artwork really on all of these. And a set of Russians. The Russians seem to be normal elite first line, 527s, the 628 elites, the half squads, the colored artwork. There's a Panzerfaust up in the corner. Why? I wonder. Just one? What? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just PF? Yeah, in the corner. Hmm. Gonna have to read the special rules. They probably found a case of them, and maybe that's a reminder oh, that they yeah. can fire them. Yeah. And they have the good assault engineers again with the raised smoke for the Russian 628. It goes from zero to a two. And then the uh, DC symbol on there, as we've seen other companies do that for their assault engineers. Some great leader counters with names. This one's got, there's three 80s named Sergeant. There's four. Oh. Ah, the brother Sergeant. That means, um, oh. that's a, it's a rank in Russian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, that's why. Like Sergeant. So they don't okay. have names. Yeah, because the oh, okay. Germans are like, Kreisleiter, brothers. Ostergruppenleiter. They might be brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah, it says Karamazov. 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 Yeah. Nice, great, great set of counters that are going to pop out real easy here. Yeah, these are very nice. Nicely I wonder if they hired broken ground design to get those done. So how many counter sheets come with this? Just, Two just a, one, and, one a half. and a half. Okay, one and a half counter sheets. Probably all you need. So that's nice. And there's no list of components on your stuff over there? Uh, nope. That would have helped us. So I have a, a history... Talking about day one of the assault, April 6, 1945, day two, day three. The introduction here, it's a tactical level game, of course. And uh, Soviet command planned to rely heavily on aviation artillery support. Density is reaching 250 guns per kilometer. Yikes. The terrain rules, narrow streets, out-of-season orchards, irrigation ditch. It's got the rules in here. Printed rubble, the train stations. Hopefully they're like the rest of the rules. We could be diving into these in detail later. Lumber yards. Yeah, hopefully they didn't make up their own version of all these. Rail cars. The city gate. Hexide buildings. Dedicated off-board artillery. And this gets into... I think campaign game. Do you want to Google it and see if it gives a better description? 
I'm going to use Bing. <clears throat> oh, no, I'm going to oh, use DuckDuckGo. Duck, duck, I use it all the time now, DuckDuckGo. All the time now. Yeah. I'm all not the time. Google now. it. I'm going to say, right. I, I don't say right. it. I say web search. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Surely this Just is so you know. this is a, a version of a uh, campaign game. The special rules with the booby traps, trenches, fortifications, prime mover, assault engineers, the German units, the Berber bond blocking force troops. The SS units. Yeah, the Volkssturm. I was right. That's the Volkssturm symbol. Good Dave. Okay, good Dave. Oh, and yeah. the HJ is the Hitler Jugend. Oh, Hitler Youth. Yeah. They're 437s. They're better than the Volkssturm. Yeah, I would say. And Nazi Party leaders. And uh, German fanatic strongpoint rules, off-board artillery, artillery air support section, temporary bridges, some night scenario Updates, the Fosnica, Russian squad, 628s. Upper left corners of their counters are Fosnica with the following capabilities. 628 suffers unit replacements. Oh, repl- uh, yeah. There it is, Panzerfaust. Yep, that's why it's a Fosnica unit. They got them, baby. The Russians with Panzerfausts. Aerial bombardment. Off-board mortar spotters, flame-throwing tanks, snipers. Consolidation phases. Yeah, that all goes with the... Looks like about 20-plus pages of rules. The Russian attack, the idle. And you get your... Um... Oh, here's like the end page. You need the ASIO rule book. George Kellen, that's who we interviewed. Yes. Historical design and research. Editing help, Klaus Malmstrom, Brian Martuzis. We interviewed him before. Robert Hammond, Mark Drake, Darren Kovacs. And George did the map, too, and the scenarios. So playtesters, a huge list here. Some names we know. Page of footnotes on page 22. Page 23 is the German forces... um, What do you call these? Kind of like OB, and then the Russians are on the backside. The 31st Guards, Rush, the Germans, the tactical mission rosters for mornings, afternoons. Goes with the campaign games. A nice, big, color, miniature map. Ooh, boy, we're going to see a ton of railroads coming up here. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, So you need that little miniature version to keep your bearings. And some scenarios. Did you find any fun things online about it? I just saw it was coming out and new, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to buy this. Uh, also coming out was going to be the French, you know, reissue is here. Oh, right. That's right. It's going to have Denat. We already interviewed the maker of Denat. So I have a half a map. Do you have a half a map? I got a half a map. And look at, you know, I got to credit George here. Look at that rubble. It, look at it closely. Do you have rubble on that one? You have the railroads. Look yeah. at that. Oh, look at that rubble. You're right. Look closely. Can you see that close without with your glasses? Look at the debris. Look at the look at the wooden rubble and stone yeah, rubble. That's amazing. Boy, very detailed. Very good. Amazing. Detail. Beautiful maps. Yeah. These are very heavy grade. Now they're paper, but they're very heavy grade paper. Beautifully uh, printed. Uh huh can see everything. I've got train yards. You've got lots of rivers on yours. Yep, I have the river area and uh, all city. And I've got the and train yard. Do these hook up together? They must. Am I on the yeah, left side of yours? There's a black border. Uh-huh. See, I have a black border, oh, yeah, top, right. right, and bottom. You so have it. I would fit on the left side of yours, I think. You don't have a black border on your... I do. Uh, yep, and there goes the river up over the railroad section. Yeah. How many rail lines do you see there? Dozens. It is. It is. Like dozens every other dozens. hex area has yeah. got all running to the, that must have been a huge railroad center. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. The river. Really the nice. Really nice. Yep. There's the narrow streets, church, steeple. I wonder if this is the, you said there was a. Uh, I'll have to get a picture of you holding these Something entrance to the town. The gate. The gate. Here's the Brandenburger Tor. I wonder if that's oh, it. Oh, yeah, it probably is. Special rules for that. With yeah. 
with a Berlin Highway coming in. Berliner Strasse, I think, or Strabe. Well, let's take a quick look at some scenarios. Right? Because you get those two. I would hope so. KBR, Konigsberg, advanced to the Pragel using almost all the map except uh, south of the river. Uh, sequential setup. Russian moves first. Sequential setup. That could be fun. Yeah. Which, Again, we're which, just doing a quick look at these. What number is that? Uh, advanced to the Pragel huh? KBR okay. 1. Okay. On the back is a color map with a bunch of uh, numbered blocks, kind of like one of the versions of the Arnhem game had numbered block mm, areas. Mm -hmm. And railroad buildings marked with R's. It says uh, number of the city blocks map. And, then, well, advanced to the Prego, there aren't a lot of scenarios here, I guess, because this one, another sheet, has just the German forces and where they set up first, concealed in this area, and then Russians set up. There's a whole other sheet of it. So in other words, there are three um, scenario cards full of this, this scenario. Does that make sense? It does. And then KBR2, I have in the back to the yard. Here's a nice little short one. A little bit of the area going into the railroad yards. Four and a half turns. Some mines probably a good trenches, one to get started wire. with to familiarize yourself with yeah. any of the special rules yeah, and the, the forces so get, get used to the russians and and the, some of the terrain and kbr2 and kbr3 picking up freight is takes place in the next section over so this is probably yeah they're both april 7th 1945 man and it's five turns so similar situation, introductory one, some salt engineers, lots of minefields, fill boxes, wire. You know, nice good old battles, man. I'm not done with all my Into the Rubbles yet, but I would be excited to play into these. This could be a, bit, a good game. This big one advanced, this big KBR1. It's 15 turns. This is, this is the next big one Yeah, for four players. That would be fun to play. That's it. We found it. Now that does does that use both maps? Do you think, or just both maps put together? Yeah, yeah. There's your half with the railroads, and this half with the okay, great buildings. And so river. going on with some of the uh, yeah some of the smaller scenarios, KBR four officers mess just uses a small section of the town, not the railway yards, but the town on the south side. And uh, Germans looks like Germans dug in pretty tight. They've got wire and roadblocks. However, the Russians have bombers, which is fun. Have the bombers come in with some yeah, nice big air tanks. Support. Yeah, air support is always fun. And look at the, uh, I love the pictures that he's got along with this. You can just see the extent of the damage. Yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine fighting under these conditions. I mean, this is just, just ridiculous. KBR-5, Artillery Economy Building. That's kind of an interesting name for a for a scenario. We're still in April 7th. I think that the whole action was done in about three days. I'm just reading a little bit about it on Wikipedia. It was about a three-day battle. Ended on the 9th. So we got more stuff here going on in the 7th with a... Uh, oh, interesting. A fanatic strong point. For the Germans. Yes. Because we've had those now introduced in uh, one of the MMP games. Oh, we have. Okay. I think. Yeah, I'd forgotten I about that. I think the latest, uh, which I still haven't played any of those. Too and, much stuff, boys. And here, with the Russians come in with three of these 152 millimeter ISU tanks, which. Yeah, leveling those. Man. Remember wait. to check for rubble. I can't wait to try that. KBR 6. Uh, uses a corner map along all along the river. A uh, little bit longer, a little more complex. Eight turns, again, with the fanatic Germans. A lot of trenches and wire and strongholds here. They've got uh, 75 millimeter Jaeger Panzer 
four. Can't quite read that. Four L. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then uh, Russians come in again with bombers. Love that. I look forward to playing this. It looks like just a bloody mess. So, so how six much, scenarios. How much was this all together? Ooh, I have forgotten. I'll look it up. You can find it on Ritter Krieg or. Uh, yeah, check the out. Lone Canuck. Uh, I would go to Ritter Krieg if I were you. If you were in the United States, go to Ritter Krieg because they have free shipping and. Uh, and they deliver it right to your house on the same day. No, they don't. I'm gonna. St I'm gonna stop saying that. <laughs> Ritter Krieg, here we go, $60. Yes, I, it was very reasonable. That yeah. is very reasonable. Yeah. Six scenarios, really decent map. Yeah, it's beautiful. Campaign pro game. Production, as usual, from Lone Canuck. Great-looking stuff. A fine addition to anybody's collection. And if you go to Ritter Krieg, you can see he's he's actually got some of this stuff set up. He'd set up some of the boards and got counters on there, and you will love the counter density on this well jeff i am going to be in florida in late march so that's kind of good news well i suppose if you like you know sun and stuff but you know what you're going to miss what don't tell me there's bad news there's bad news what am i going to miss bad news always comes with good news if i can be like that but <laughs> you're going to miss the nor'easter nor'easter 24 Oh, no. Is that March 26th to 29th? Yes, it is. The Yankee ASL Group announces the Nor'easter 24. Our 24th year will be our second year at the new location in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. Can That's you spell Massachusetts? Call the Nor'easter. Yeah, probably is. The Hampton Inn. Oh, love the Hampton Inn. Yeah, Bedford Fairhaven Hotel in Fairhaven, 26th through 29th. It's New England's regional ASL championship. It's held annually near Boston, a yearly get-together of people in New England area and from all over the world, I would say, most likely. It's not just for New Englanders, I'm sure. Yeah, and they so, have a special student rate to promote ASL starter kit. So for just like, uh, what's this say, junior high, high school students, opportunity to participate for five bucks, to try out the gaming. That's a great idea. Yeah, that is a super good idea. And they don't have to pay the full cost of the convention. Uh, we'll put a link to the Nor'easter on our show notes, and uh, you could check out the website and see all of the details about it and make your plans. If you, and if you had plans already, change your plans. Now, Dave, it's too late for you. And I hear there's a free pizza dinner. Oh, I'm there. Everyone who I'm, signs up on Saturday evening. 24 years. That's very, very respectable. Indeed. Yeah. We'll be doing this podcast 24 years. And like in our 24th year, it'll be in the Nor'easter 38th or something like that. <laughs> so uh, anyway, check it out. Uh, so I guess, Jeff, we I think I got 20 minutes of the Korean scenario discussion. Oh, yes, right. Yeah. We did with four players. Talk a lot about the strategies involved in that scenario. Should be entertaining for you, hopefully. Give you some strategy, strategical advice, and it's the same four guys from last show. Okay. Let's put them on and I'll on. let me judge them. Let me be judgmental. <laughs> Today's After Action Report is brought to you by Bounding Fire Productions. Dave, how much do we love Bounding Fire Productions? We love it a lot. You've got another version, uh, the reprint of, uh, is it, uh, on, no, what is it, the reprint? Guess we better find it their site. Like, you mean like Into the Rubble or Beyond the Beachhead or High Ground or well, Operation yeah. Cobra or Blood and Jungle or Crucible of Steel or Poland in Flames or Corregidor <laughs> or Objective Schmidt or Onslaught to Orsha? Is there it is. I should have started is that at the, the bottom. Second yes. reprint then? That is. Yeah, Onslaught, Onslaught to Orsha version two, which, uh, we need to get our little hands on one of those. Yeah. Can't wait to see that. Bounding Fire Productions. They still have them in stock. Yeah, it's just been just coming out. Yeah. And uh, very, sure very Sam nicely priced. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be great to take a look at that. So, listen, uh, Bounding Fire Productions is the place to go if you want a really good quality, fun to play, 
replayable, great to own. You'll want to put it in, write it into your will. Their products are really excellent. This um, onslaught to Orsha has been a long time in the come in the in the making, and there's. <laughs> 32 scenarios in there. Yeah, they they, Again, they, they do it they do it upright over there with uh, quantity and quality. And so. they are not sleeping. They're working on other stuff. And you can buy other stuff while you're there. You could buy stuff from LaFranc Terrier products, and uh, they've got the whole lineup of stuff from them. And they're really nice people. Super great. Yep. So. Go to the ASL tournament. It's coming up. Yeah. So, so get over meantime, to Pounding Fire Productions and buy stuff. Tell them the two half squats sent you because why not? Hey everybody, uh, it's us again, it's the four players from who played the first Korean thing, maybe this, this part is coming first, but I'm going to do a little after action report and it is Dave Timonen, Mike Rizzi, Chris Walters, and myself who played Hard Rock, scenario number 203, they can read that without their bifocals, <laughs> <laughs> and so first we'll have Dave and Mike talk kind of loudly about what they thought about their first Korean game. Well, we played, um, we were the South Koreans and we were defending um, and we were given basically two separate lines. Um, the first one had to be set up on board 10, right? Between four yes, board and 10. seven. And so um, we had to be quite far forward from what we were trying to protect there with them coming on board. And then we had another whole full line that had to be all on board 23. Now board 23 features a canal, and the North Koreans have to come from off board map 10 and then fight their way through our lines to get across the canal. On H, Yeah, on H4, because the... Right. The, the bridge does not exist on P7. P7, right. So there was, there's one choke point on board 23 for them to come through. And they have to get 15 VP, um, eight of which have to be infantry VP. Now their force has tanks, and we have to deal with air tanks primarily with a mixed... Units, we have bazookas, AT guns, and then the Korean special rule for human bullets, which act similar to Japanese uh, tank hunters. So would you say we decided to do our defense as a uh, fallback? It was, to kind of be, you know, somewhat forward, but, you know, because we had some conscript, you know, infantry that we knew could not fall back as quickly so we kept those as far back as possible um and i think we were trying to be as diligent and patient as possible to keep you know covered so we wouldn't give up our you know get that plus um those extra pluses for being um question marked so i think that was a good strategy um it came down to the last well near to the last turn I'd say. Um, what kind of forward points did you set up in? Just a little in each building there? Yeah, we pretty much U6, put the initial force. U6, and, um, W5, uh, BB5, and DD6. Yeah. So those buildings far forward. But I, don't, I like to think that we didn't stay in them too long. No, you didn't. Right. We uh, pulled uh, back right away, so... I'd like to think that our heroes hidden, because we, we split that force between four hidden heroes and four that we retained to be available for creation, random creation. Um, the knowledge that they were out there was probably more a deterrent to you than when we actually used them, though we did have one great success early on against one of your T-34s. Yeah, and mm-hmm. our infantry was around it, but we didn't mm-hmm. clear out hex BB-5. Uh, he came out of AA5. I oh, AA5, AA5, even more clever. Mm-hmm. So we stopped an AA6 with a T34, and bingo, they're very deadly. They kill with a 5 or less or something? Yeah, he was the street ambush combined with the inherent 5 for those. Oh, could they CCV. 
Could they roll to have a there was an extra magnetic mine or something? I that was unclear to me. I don't think they could roll for that. It's but, in the Japanese rules, but it's not referenced in, in the, the Korean rules. It so. might be for the other ones, the suicide guys, but I don't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was one kill with those guys. Um, then where'd you put your AT gun? That must be very effective. Well, our AT gun, we decided to be our Alamo way back in J3 on board 23 to guard that one canal bridge. Mm-hmm. And maybe it would have been more effective up somewhere where it could get off more shooting earlier. But in yeah. the end... So it did what it did. You think that's a good cover of your defense ideas? You figured we wouldn't come over the rice paddy? Right, we left that open. We had a mortar covering that angle. So if you any did try to move anything that way, we could at least get some suppression on those guys. Um, and where was your other mortar? The other mortar we had in board... That was the one that started on board 10... BB zero. Uh, we had it dismantled around AA four because oh. we could only set it between four and seven. Oh and right. We didn't, want it. we didn't feel like That's it was useful. Smart. Yeah. yeah. So we dismantled it and we we're going to push it back. We we're going to push it back as quick as possible. They took it back to BB zero, and it wound up in right. L ten on board twenty three. In L ten, yeah. yes, we pulled back to L ten, and it did some decent mm-hmm. work covering against the woods, the approaches in the woods along FF one, and, and, and it was frustrating, you wasn't it, Chris? Yeah, as I tried to run through a bunch of guys over there in FF2, FF1, those woods there on board 10, and about half of the guys got chewed up or broken by that mortar, which Mike had raid on, because it's a rate of three on that mortar, so when you get raid on that, it's pretty deadly. Right, the other mortar we had was in board 23C10, but since you didn't come on that side, that was all open. We figured, well, I don't think you're going to come up that way anyway. We almost, I really thought about coming through that rice paddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because earlier we talked about like, oh, too many rules. Let's just avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know, it can't be that complicated. I used to do them. So, but. So it really wasn't there's no effective there. And it's hard on this board because there's all these buildings. Finding line of sight, you know, is difficult, you know, between three and, you know, however long. Um it's it's tough. Yeah, when I broke out this board, is this 10? That yes. was 10, yeah. Yeah, I kind of looked at it and went, oh, yeah, this board. Because I had fought over it a lot in the old days. Right. And then hadn't seen it in a long time. Um, so then, Chris, what was your thoughts on attacking with the North Korean, the Korean People's Army? Well, I had probably the lion's share of the elite squads and came on between Z-10 and FF-10 on board 10 and came into those woods and then pushed pretty quickly into that uh, multi-hex building in DD-5 um, and then got bogged down there by that mortar running through the woods there, um, as I mentioned before. But pretty much I felt like I just need to push and try and take out as many guys as I can, and then hopefully chew up the South Koreans so then I can run. And then I realized, once I got about halfway through, almost onto board 23, I realized that time was ticking, and then I had to get more aggressive. So I kind of felt... Yeah, it was turn the, five already yeah. when we hit the halfway point of the board, and that's more than halfway through the game. Yeah. yeah. And so the historical nature of this scenario kind of hit me more like, oh, really? Yeah, I just need to just push as fast as possible and then sacrifice a couple of half squads to draw their fire and then just push through. And that worked pretty well back in building uh, M8 on board 23 where we went into some close combat and uh, ultimately cleaned out those guys. But that was toward the very end of the game. And listeners might wonder, why would you go to that side, the right flank, when you have to cross the bridge that's really toward the center or seems more to the left? It's really not toward the left, is it? It's really toward the center. It's really it's in the middle. The center, yeah. yeah, and Chris was thinking just we'll just hit that side, right side harder, and then mm-hmm. be able to swing down the road along the canal very quickly, which ended up by that turn we had eliminated a lot of the enemy. I took the vehicles. I took the kill stack with the 9-neg-2. Uh, we did take one commissar over to Chris's side eventually, and I took a few troops. It didn't feel to me like I had enough to do my work. But 
I also did my work and kept rolling back the South Koreans and kept my tanks back, didn't I? Yeah, it's pretty yes. disciplined for, for a right. day of climb. Remember, yeah. Mike, the last game we yes. played, and I ran him up to the left of that woods with those little tanks. Right. Thinking, All I need is fives or less to kill him. And, of course, I got totally wiped out <laughs> with no infantry support. You were even bringing up infantry squads to combat me. It's right. so dumb that's for a true. player that's played a 1,000 games. So I'm just like, not going to do it. They're not going to get me like that again. So I kept the tanks back pretty well. And, and just had, support. You had two boxcars, I think, and two malfunctions in your tanks. Actually, I, I had maybe four, four or five. <laughs> yeah. yes. I repaired two or three. Yeah. So I had four or five total boxcars. And then I sent the one that had the, at the end, it had the malfunction gun down the road. And and just now we'll get into a little gameplay. So as I was coming mm-hmm. down this road over on Door 23, G9... Dave had a dude with a DC. Oh yeah, yes, that's right, right. Yes, and G building G G A G A. That was a leader. Leader with a DC. Yeah, throws the DC. What happened? Um, I'm just trying to get his <laughs> voice in the game. I'm not trying to humiliate him. Yeah, no, no. I'm trying to think. Okay, so what happened there? Um, nothing. No effect on the vehicle. Yes, <laughs> but what, unfortunately, what happened to the leader? <laughs> Um, you roll a three on yourself. Oh yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of killed Don't myself. No, but no, you, you were only pinned. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's already put it out of his memory. The rest of us all remember very clearly. Yeah, yeah. He tossed it out. Yeah, yes. It fell short. It, 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 he pinned himself, and the tank just took some shrapnel and kept going. Um, yeah, the flank on on my side, which was what side is this? North, so west side. That you were taking. Dave and Dave were kind of having this. You know, he he was pushing me back. I did hold him on uh, board uh, 10, uh, W5, I believe. We had a melee there, and mm. I, I did eliminate a couple. I held you for a turn. Yeah, I thought so it was So I think it took longer um, for you to get through there, but then eventually you just kind of pushed through. Yeah. Um, some and of those rolls I just couldn't But to your credit, with. moving the tanks cautiously was more appropriate in this scenario because of all the hidden... Anti-tank assets that we get. So yeah, you were trying to clear out those have, positions. You'd have, you have to, have to right? Yeah, you can't just run them up. Yeah. Which was good because we had a we had a hidden bazooka in U four, which, which came out when you tried to move in there with missed another spot. a shot. Yeah, and then broke on a shot back from the other little tank, whatever yeah. those were. Right, and then also when they were running out off the board by that DC throwing leader. You had another bazooka, yep. which did what on its first shot? Um, he put it, it out broke. of his memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, what might... yeah, yeah, it didn't do anything. I remember it. Yeah. It's not yeah. out of yeah, It didn't do anything. <laughs> and we had another hidden guy that we forgot to take out oh, with, with a bazooka. bazooka. Yes, yes. And we should have let you move him further back. Well. Early on, Chris Walter started the, no, it's too late to go back. And then, <laughs> which is probably right, but. Yeah. We were both. Graceful. All and four we, of us were very yes, graceful yes. at times. And we had a riot. It, it helps yeah. to play with good friends, it, I think. I don't it, know. I it was to... fun. I mean, I think, you know, as decimated as I kind of felt in the game, but we did, like, have that cool 37LL in that building, J3, on board 23. And if it wasn't for a critical hit there and and, well, on, the, yes, on turn yeah. seven, right, there still was a chance to possibly hold oh, yeah, off these sure. North Koreans. Yeah, yeah. late some resid. So I think Mike was kept probably more patient than I was. I was kind of like, okay, are did, we done here? <laughs> but oh, you mean we, give up? Yeah, give up. Yes, oh. but he said, I, you know, there's the, you, you got to take it. Yeah, I know. I know. You've said on your podcast dozens of times, keep going, right? And yeah. I think you do in this game, and. uh there was still a chance there. They still had to run off a bunch, and that that could have done it. That, yeah, if that you're the South us. Koreans in this one, you have to keep going to the end because yeah. that's just how it's designed. Right. It did get a little dicey, I felt, toward the end. Yeah, Rick when Mike and I were in M8 on board 23, I had a, a guy go berserk into close combat, and then... As he was shooting me, he had some bad rolls, and then I had the snake eyes, and the guy went berserk, and it was the second time that happened. 
I felt if he had a couple results there, it would have changed that whole flank. Yes. Yeah, because you you sent three or four squads across the open street to take that. And I was thinking he should not be doing this. Yeah. But Chris did. I had to be aggressive. We laid down Resid. Right. We had final protective fires. Mm -hmm. Nothing was getting through. And we've all seen just as many games where you send four squads out in a row. And they all get chewed up. No, none of them make the first ones Mm -hmm. break on average rolls. then the last ones break on freak rolls against the two, you know, Brazil. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they easily could have twisted it. And you had quite a few Berserk guys there, didn't you? I had two, two Berserk. Two, two, three. Two. Okay. Yeah. But fun. Um, Dave, you said you looked online at some reviews? Um, I believe Chris did. Chris did. I had looked at the ASL archive for this scenario, and I think there were seven... Games recorded, and if I remember correctly, six of the seven, the North Koreans won. And so he came over told me that while these guys were setting up, taking, like, way too much long time setting up. And, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding, because they had all these heroes. They bore-sided stuff, which is right. To, they remembered everything. Uh, They're good players. I was actually yeah. impressed with all of our play. Well, not mine. But, Chris, you remember, like, everything. He Chris hasn't he's played two games since. i played, like, two or three times in the last 12 years or so. But yes. I've now, do you think he time. seemed like a guy that didn't remember everything? No, no. You're, you're back. I remember you, the yeah. faces. Well, <laughs> you remember a lot of it. I remember that chart fairly well. Yeah, he was calling off the shots. Yeah. That's yeah, a yeah, one-check. Right. Right. Um, I actually was thinking, how could Chris possibly know that? He hasn't yeah, played right. for 12 years. <laughs> oh, he's right. It's a one-check. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were calling off the shots like uh, Bob Holmstrom over here. All right, so um, <laughs> where were we? Oh, a lot of fun. Play with fun people. Um, and on that review, they said that the scenario was good? Some of them, one, I think one review said it was a good scenario. One guy was kind of going off on it and how... Um, it was boring. Exciting or it boring. was boring. Well, they felt that about turn three or four, we got disinterested. And so we thought, well, it could be because it's a canal crossing and yeah. it's one bridge. You got to play to the end of it. Maybe yeah. he means there's no maneuver. That's a bad scenario. But we, I, I had a ride. I think we, I think we had a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, a lot definitely. of fun. Crap is happening everywhere. Poor. Yeah, but if you have a it's couple of guys exciting. pop out, the gun, if that's hidden like they had there in, what's that, J3? The J3 building, yeah. You know, a couple of hidden guys pop out at the end, hold close combat in the hex before the bridge. That blocks well, the he, North Koreans from going over the bridge. Even in their early thing. game. You for, yeah. It was frustrating mm-hmm. when these guys were falling back very well, staying concealed, because Chris and I... Couldn't just run down the roads no. here in CC six and Y four and Y V five and couldn't just run around them and get going. So we were afraid because it kept staying concealed and falling back. And then this bazooka opens up in U four out yeah. of nowhere. I thought the whole thing was pretty exciting um, and good to have fun even when you feel you're losing, like at the beginning. But I was still trying to have a lot of fun. And enjoying other people's roles, and we were screaming a lot, and uh, yeah, and one time I called the snakes, and then end game. <laughs> and we know you've all Critical done this hit. before, right? But you got to admit, it's just, just a fun thing. If you're into gaming, yeah. this is fun. Yeah. And yeah, oh, I need the snakes, and then there it is, and then everyone's laughing, and um. And then, of course, the end game crit on the gun, which still probably wasn't, probably wasn't enough. But and then we looked at the roar, and it was. Do you remember? Do you remember? What, what did you, you say? Sixteen to sixteen 13? to thirteen. I yeah. So on roar, this is more even of a mm-hmm. scenario, which I could see. You know, oh, yeah. those tank hunters take out. There's only four tanks. You take out three right. of them, and two of them are open top. Yeah, you know they're right. pretty vulnerable. Yeah, and there's a lot of with low armor street fighting, you know, terrain and yeah roads and buildings. Yeah. So, anything else funny or <laughs> we we encourage you to try? Well, war is never it. funny. No. I just want to put that in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But, oh, no. I, but I don't. But I would say I don't think I don't, as a game. Yeah, but I don't think we <laughs> think that this was boring. Right? No, no. We, we no, would highly suggest was... anybody to play this. No. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I um, think depending on the level of the caliber of player, 
you'd probably want to give the balance to the South Koreans. I, I Maybe think. so. What, what was Would, the balance? Yeah, Dave always likes to read the yeah. balance, and we're always yeah. shocked it's so balance little. Balance the South Koreans. Add one nine one liter to the South Korean board, 23 force. Oh, maybe. So, yes. An extra liter would have been good. <clears throat> or one less <clears throat> turn might have been better. Yeah, one less turn yes. would make it incredibly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe too hard then. Right. But it's always interesting to split up small scenarios amongst players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you... It's a you know it's the real world experience of splitting commands and not having that right complete True. coordination correct mm-hmm. and especially in a game like this where it has to be very exact and how you're blocking and we did a good job yeah of I think so oh, yeah yeah but um, it adds an extra bit of flavor I think above yeah. and beyond the game itself where you have to learn how to coordinate right. that way yeah I think so too and be willing to give up stuff too and be like well yeah, yeah. go ahead just try something different than yeah. I would just do it. Yeah. So, I, right. I just have to say this on your podcast. Yes, Dave. please do. Um, I deserve because it. I've known you now for like almost 29 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when the game gets close, you get very animated and competitive. I love that about you. Oh. Because you usually take it very serious, but he, then when it gets close, then he'll stand up. Folks, I was standing up, <laughs> standing up, looking down, God's eye view of the board, <laughs> getting more. Okay, we have to move faster and more directive. Yes, <laughs> I think so. And I found myself doing the same thing toward the end there. Yes, standing up and going. Okay, you just need to plow forward. And you guys go. made me cry. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, yes, my heart started. I started getting a little racing heart at the idea that my tank was going to be flaming in the street <laughs> and then the men would all just break in some resid and it would be that close and exciting. It really did, you know? Because yeah. oh, yeah. if you really think you're losing, you're kind of like, yeah. well. And, of course, you never want to get grumpy. I've said this before. I remember playing a couple games when I just got kind of pissy, oh. you know, at losing. That's that's just like you need to go get another hobby. I mean, life's right. I mean, so yeah. like when you roll boxcars on your best leader, like a ten neck three, and he <laughs> dies right away, and then you just give up and start over. That to see. me was okay. That this is, is that's ever, this Chris Walters that you've heard about before. He's back. Um, yeah, but yeah, you just. I mean, you don't want to make the other guy feel bad. Winning, you don't want to have a lousy. It's just bad, bad form. Well, I think we were were happy for your win. Really, I mean, it was. Yeah, I, I think was, everyone yeah. had and, fun. And, and winning on a critical hit, right? We all. How, we what all better were way yelling. can you end the game like that? Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like all of us were yelling. Hats off, yeah, yes. you guys yeah. in take right. it in defeat you know? and in victory. Yep. Yes. So, all right. Any other last strategic ideas for anybody out there? No. no, you could throw DCs from higher levels, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we didn't really get into any interplay between tanks and infantry. I mean, because of because I stayed back and yeah. correct and, and, and correct. properly so, but yeah. that never really was an issue. Um, I don't even know what your other capabilities on those tanks were: smoke or anything like that. Not on the T thirty fours. Well, smoke right. is charger, so I and I probably failed to even think of that. Right. And then these others, no, these. These little SU-76Ms. Right. Really, like, gun carriers or something? Like, uh... Special ammo, but you had no tanks, right? Yeah, so. right. All right, well... So, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody, and, uh... Remember to roll low. And rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, Bye-bye. 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 Oh, it's liturgical. Got it. Okay. I'll learn that. <laughs> it is liturgical. Very interesting, Dave. Well done. And it sounds like you guys had a lot of fun with that. Sure did. I'm going to be playing some more, too. So Good. we'll be bringing you some more after-action reports. Well, let's go get prepared for that. No, There's no time for sleep. We have. We must go on and prepare for the next show. We must. Let's get to it. So So. thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. Uh Remember to roll low. And rally well. But not when when you're you're playing playing us. us. No, just don't do it. Don't even think about it. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.